It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. We are back with the Winning Ticket Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I am joined by my fellow cappers, uh, Zach, John, and Joe. And, of course, the voice that you are hearing is Dean. And why? It's because I took over the show. I won the Big Bank, came all the way back. I ended the season on an 8-1 and run. Actually, I don't know if you guys realize, but I was uh, – I think me and John were the only ones that have a – three play week 17 zach and joe both went with a one and mm-hmm. done play and unfortunately we're on the wrong side of that so i'm gonna reveal the final big bank standings but of course i went three and oh john uh went one and two and mm-hmm. zach and joe went oh and one and it was one of the most important oh and ones but honestly props to zach still with the best percentage out of all of us he was 29 19 and one um which ended up netting 62 dollars because of course, the one of those losses was for $120, which is six units in our big bank standings. So, of course, overall as a podcast, we went 55.38%, which is 108.87.2. We were up 14.69 units. And the leader, that's right, me, I was 28.21.2, up 284.76. Those uh, double units were fantastic for me. And also, just want to go ahead and recap some of those uh, conference future episodes. We ended up being nine and four in the NFC with plays still active on Seattle to win the division at plus 1,000 and the Bucks to win, uh, excuse me, the conference, not the division. The Seattle Seahawks to win the NFC at plus 1,000 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the NFC at plus 750. The AFC, we are 13 and four with a double like on a plus 340 play, which was the Steelers to win the AFC North. So guys, huge year for us. Um, amazing job. And of course, I'd be remiss into not mentioning Zach's fat lock, nine and seven up 4.8 units. Fantastic year right there. So uh, panelists, welcome and listeners, welcome. And uh, w- what does the peanut gallery have to say? What a year. You know what? I, I have no regrets. I'm actually, I'm still shocked the Titans blew it as much as they did. And that was a, a close game. And uh, I'm going to overreact a little bit here and say that I think that their defense is just broken. And uh, when you have a running back who rushes for 250 yards and two touchdowns and you give up 38 points, there's no such thing as time of possession there, buddy. So how the hell are they going to survive against the Ravens? But uh, other than that, dude, Big Bank was a lot of fun. I really felt confident in going back to back. But, uh, you know, I'm an all or nothing type of guy. I went for the win. I have no regrets. I could have done two or three plays. And I did say on the podcast last week, I said if I knew the status of the Washington football team, specifically Alex Smith, that I would have put my six-unit play on the Washington football team, unfortunately, recorded Wednesday, recorded a day or two later. We find out Alex Smith is playing. I would have put the bet on there. And, boy, they deserve to lose that game. And, boy, the Giants should be in the playoffs right now. But you have to win more than six games for that to happen. I'm well aware of that. Uh, and I did also say on the pod that we should be rooting for the Giants to lose. So I kind of got my way anyway because they uh, they won and still didn't make it. So it is what it is. But, but they retained uh, Gettleman, which I don't think you wanted. Oh, so, so it did It did contribute to that. Uh, really, guys, you, you guys said a mouthful. Kudos to all of us. 
as cliche as it sounds, we put the winning and winning ticket. We're winners. I mean, all of us, we all compete with each other because we want to keep that level of competition up. But fit, we're almost at 56% on the entire year with over, I don't know what the math is, but over 200 plays. I mean, this we're, we're not, you know, as, as much as I love you guys and we're all friends, I think we've elevated our ability to handicap more than maybe, you know, the typical coffee drinker that you might be talking to at work. Um, I'm happy to finish second. I think I finished, did I finish second last year too? I'm back to back, uh, silver medalist here. All right. Yeah. Still gotta, still gotta get that gold trophy next year. Man. Oh man. Did, uh, I, I really was pulling for the Eagles. Um, never again, never again. You know, <laughs> uh, suffice to say as a Giants fan, I'm absolutely pissed. It's, it's terrible fallout from that game because most people probably don't, don't give a shit. Um, but really what, what it screwed up was the integrity of the game. In my opinion, uh, Doug Peters has a new nickname in my mind. It's nutsack Doug. Cause I noticed his face <laughs> kind of like a scrotum and, uh, he, he, just, <laughs> he just, for betters like me who put actual money on the Eagles when they were starting Jalen hurts and all signs pointed mostly to them being competitive for him to pull the rug under everybody pull the rug under his own teammates. I mean, that, that was terrible. Again, Giants fandom aside, I think, I just think that's, that's just real shitty of the organization, which I already didn't like. And Hey, this is something to think about. Who knows for next year, you know, the next season, we'll see what happens. I, I think he got his evaluation of Nate Sudfeld, 15 snaps, a pick and a fumble in the middle of all that. Yeah. I, so, I definitely think, uh, uh, and sorry to cut you off, John, but, but I definitely think too, um, the situational edge, um, I, Joe, I believe actually you said that you knew someone, uh, not to say that it was an inside source, but you did hear rumblings that they might do this. So um, it's one of those things that you, you definitely don't want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WinningTXPod. We're going to break everything that we know. And of course, on Slack, we had a 63% season, whereas on the show, which is more entertaining, actually, I've, I've admitted I've broken the fourth wall. There is no fourth wall, actually. I just tell you everything that's on my mind. <laughs> I change plays sometimes to make it a little bit more entertaining uh, to kind of go into it a little bit uh, better to have better audio and more entertaining quality there on Slack. I really don't care. I'll give you the same play every single day. If it's going to hit um, it's one of those things, not to say that, that we don't care about wins and losses on the show. Cause we do, but at the same time, it's, you have to realize that we're serving a different master on the audio podcast, but yeah, it's one of those things. I think next year, week 17, I followed filed away. I believe the overs were 14 and two, on the um out of all the games i think it's one of those things when teams have nothing to play for everyone's tired everyone's fatigued everyone's injured everyone just likes to throw it deep john i know that you got burned on an under uh joe i know that you got burned on an under so maybe that's something to oh, stash boy, did away. I, yeah i think that's something to stash away for next year that maybe these teams are just going to open up the offenses they're going to evaluate i really think that week 17 is more of a preseason game type of uh feel yeah a lot of the defenders were making quote business decisions you know, a guy be in the open and they just kind of, I mean, you can watch some of the, uh, some of the film, not that I was scouring over week 17 film, but I just saw some highlights and some of the clips. It's like, yeah. there, there's clear, you know, not, not much effort being involved there, but yeah, I was on the wrong, wrong side of a total, um, had a good run for the middle part of the year, but, uh, boy, we didn't close out week 17 strong, but I haven't had a losing playoff season in four or five years. We were talking pre-show. So looking to stay strong here. We got a couple really, really good plays. Uh, for this weekend. So I'm yeah. pretty jacked up. Joe, and I, I want to tell you, see, I got burned on an under and I should have never, I just should have never taken action on Raiders and Broncos because fuck both of those teams. They, 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 who, they, who the fuck are they? Right. They weren't in any contention. <laughs> I, have to, I, I have to say to you, Joe, though, 
the Bills dropping 56 on the Dolphins, I never would have predicted that in a million years. I still think you were on the right side of that handicap. And, uh, yeah, you know, tough, the, the Dolphins complete. I mean, collapse, right? Absolutely could not. That was their playoff game, and they deservedly do not have yeah, a playoff. You know, All the motivation Tua, in the world. Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, Tua didn't, Tua didn't play great. You can hang your hat on that one, Zach. But by, by week eight next year, I'll expect the apology when they actually start to throw down field. Game because I, you know, I back my brother in here and I had money on it as well. Uh, I do appreciate that. The, when Tua started throwing the picks, man, and just the thinking dunks and the drop passes, I was like, I was, I was one of them, one, I don't think it was Parker. One of them, he got like shoved to the ground weird or just kind of fell. Another yeah. one was picked. I mean, boy, did he not play great. And neither honestly, did the Dolphins, but I, I thought think the cap was okay. I'll be I, honest with you. I think if Fitzpatrick played, I think they still get absolutely slaughtered. I don't see that. Yeah, I mean, they in. can't put – they're not built to hang 56 with anybody. Yeah. You know? I, I think the thing with Miami is that they really don't have a wide receiver number one. Devontae Parker, uh, whatever you think of him, whatever. But he's just not someone that defenses have to be scared of. Um, yeah, he's fine, but at the same time, when you get Jakeem Grant as the number two, and uh, what was his name? L. Bo- Bowden. I Lynn Bowden. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn. Sorry, that's a chick name. I don't really care. No, but it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like, really, they, they were so depleted and so uh, limited. I think that the Dolphins should literally draft, you know, three wide receivers and a second tight end this year. Um, of course, yeah. to Miles Gaskin, who was actually a nice little bright spot this year. But if guys, of course, we are done talking about bad teams. We are going to start talking about good teams. So, John, why don't you take us away? Um, give, give us the playoff slate. All righty. It's wild card weekend, bitches. And more importantly, <laughs> it's the first ever super wild card weekend. As an extra playoff team, a seventh seed is facing the number two seed for the first time, I think, in Super Bowl history, whatever merger history you're talking about. So we have uh, a whopping six games this weekend as opposed to Yay. four. So oh, yeah. we're so excited. You're getting you're getting triple headers on Saturday and Sunday. And all of us here at the Winning Ticket Podcast are, of course, we're going to go through each game chronologically. We're going to talk. I'm going to tell you what the lines are. I'm looking at FanDuel right now, again, Thursday night. Um, I'll tell you the totals. And if anyone else wants to look, you know, wants me to look up anything else, I could go through that, too. And we're just going to talk it out and give your best plays for, you know, for each game. And and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of intrigue on on that. So without further ado, we'll start. Man, the New York Giants couldn't make the playoffs, but another New York team did. And with style. We just talked about them. It's Colts at Bills with the spread being Bills giving six and a half and the total being 51. So what do you guys think of this game? I think that, uh, first of all, how disrespectful is it that the Bills get like the crappy one o'clock Saturday spot? Like they're (laughs) literally one of the best, like in my power rankings, they're number three. Like, they don't deserve the 1 o'clock Saturday game, and that's going to give them fuel to the fire. My best bet on this game, I already had it, I had it locked up as soon as it came out, and I know Dean did too, uh, is the Bills. I think the Bills just completely overmatched the Colts. Uh, props to the Colts for having a, a good year. Jonathan Taylor seemed to have found his own the last couple weeks of the year. Defense is playing good. It looks like, um, oh, my God, what's the defenseman from the traded from the 49ers? To the Colts. DeForest Buckner is looking towards playing this week. He has not played in a few weeks. Mm. Uh, so that will give them a little bit of boost. But I just think that this is not this is not your parents' bills. Mm-hmm. Or this is your parents' bills, I should say. This is <laughs> That's uh, a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say this, this is isn't your 
your fifth graders bills this is, yeah this isn't <laughs> our bills yeah um they have just seemed to really turn up another level and the fact that they went out there and played that hard against Miami to kind of just proved everyone they weren't rolling over says a lot. I think that team is locked and loaded. They're ready to go. They're ready to put the pass behind them. And uh, I think this game, in my opinion, I think it gets out of hand. I think they're going to get a Buffalo beat down. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, tables, man. <laughs> get the tables, man. Yeah. Get the tables. <laughs> Joe, so you go I got this. All right, re- real quick, because uh, I can't really say anything else. I, I got at six and a half with you guys. It's at, I think it's seven now. And I would love to get, I said when we were talking about this, actually, when the lines opened last week, I got Bills at six and a half, and I want to get Colts at plus seven and a half. I think that would create a really nice middle because um, if it lands on seven, I win double. If it goes under or over that, uh, the six and a half or the seven and a half, I get nothing, and I, and I get my money back. Um, I love to do that around a key number. So I actually have um, – uh, whatchamacallit? I have six – yeah, I'm counting them up now. Sorry. I have six total wagers this week, and that's one of them. Um, and this is a, a very large slate. I normally don't bet – six things ever but uh yeah six and a half just seems too short i think it's too short because the uh, really just a matchup situation here the colts can run the ball extremely well their offense is trending in the right direction and the bills really struggle uh with stopping the run so if they if the colts do win jonathan taylor is going for over 125 rush yards and that's probably a good prop to look at if you're a colts backer and uh maybe you can lay less big and take a Jonathan Taylor prop. That's just another cool way to get at it. But, yeah, that's what I got for this game. I mean, I'm excited for all these games. This one is another one that's over 50 on the total. So, hopefully, we get a nice little shootout um, and the Bills can cover. So, that would be sweet. Yeah, Joe, absolutely. Just real quick for Jonathan Taylor, anytime touchdown score on FanDuel, minus 105. I think that's tremendous value. For, absolutely. For, I mean, yeah, if you don't have to lay – yeah, I would take any starting running back – for uh just because of the the guaranteed touches that they'll have i'll take that any day if it's minus 125 i'll take and then for him at minus 105 against this d yeah i mean you you could look for a multiple touchdown score i mean why not you know and the thing is real quick and i'll, I'll wrap it up here Hines is the guy who they bring in um when it gets when a game gets out of hand Guess what? It doesn't matter if the game gets out of hand. They're keeping their best guys on the field because they want to win. And even if they're up two scores, three scores, he's still staying on the field because the Bills can put up points in a hurry too. So there are so many different ways you can get at this game. I just stuck with the Bills by six and a half, and I'm waiting for that middle. But, man, I do like a Jonathan Taylor prop here too, John. That's a, that's a very good point. Yeah, a couple of things about that. Um, when it comes to the anytime touchdown scores, it's something that I typically like to stay away from a little bit because, you know, random things could happen. Let's just say, you know, Joe, like you said, let's just say that the game starts to get away from the Colts. Uh, they might be putting in Naheem Hines. I, I feel like it's a little bit random to chase uh, minus odds where typically some of those are like in the plus like 200s era. But guys, a couple of things here. Um, uh, of course, I'm going to co-sign. Love the Bills on minus six and a half. I actually placed a hefty wager on it uh, last Sunday expecting this line to get into the seven and a half eight range uh like joe had said i do love that as a good middle as well but currently right now on DraftKings, i'm looking at the time of recording it is at six and a half still which i really don't understand i am also going to be looking a little bit towards the over at 51 of course nfl league average was 51 uh we're not seeing any weather coming in uh i we know we hear buffalo january you always expect snow we don't really know it looks like the forecast is going to be okay um, of course, granted, that could change in a couple seconds. We will update you on 
winning TIX pod on Twitter. It's one of those things that, you know, lake effect snow could happen in a moment's notice, but uh, assuming that the weather stays okay, I would do, I do like the over here. And there's a couple of reasons. One is that Philip Rivers short arms everything. Uh, Joe, we, I know that we were watching film in the early part of the season and we noticed on outs, which the Colts run a lot, he short arms stuff, which is good pick six territory, a really good opportunity to get a quick touchdown there. And also the bills, a lot of people think, Oh yeah, you know, they just, uh, plug their head down and then run the ball. They do not run the ball well at all. They are 22nd DVOA in rushing offense. I think if they're going to win, it will be on the arm and legs of Josh Allen. So that's another reason why I like the uh, over there. I think that Josh Allen, big plays, um, they don't really run the ball into the line of scrimmage. They don't even deal with that. Devin Singletary sucks. There, I said it. Yeah, he's really not very good. The Colts have a good defense. Fine. But then again, I, I just think, John, you said it, you said it best. They really don't deserve to be there so much. I think the Bills uh, under a touchdown is a slam dunk, and I also like the over a little bit. Awesome. This is a quadruple like. I don't think you're going to find anyone really backing the Colts at this juncture. And um, I would also say, just just real quick, um, when it comes to the playoffs, right? Like I know during the regular season, we come sometimes have the. Uh, the mindset that every dog has its day, right? Like the best teams could always lose. Like, yeah, keep in mind, playoffs, a touchdown spread. If the, you know, in this case, you're looking at the two seed versus seven seed. It's really not that much because this is a game where like, there is no, oh yeah, the bills are up like 20. We're going to, they're going to pull their starters now. It's like, no, no. It's like, they have to win this game. They want to make sure that uh, it's not, really possible to get back into it um so to me like it's funny because like these spreads in the playoffs like the bigger spreads in the wild card round really don't phase me that much i don't know I, just the chances of the upsets are, are so much slimmer see yeah. i i have more info on that when it comes to you know point spreads and double digit dogs and stuff like yeah. that but john uh you you said that you were co-signing the bills minus six and a half as well for sure and a half. Uh, for sure and a half. Yeah. Even that sure much. and a half. I love um, it. That's awesome. I'll have to trademark that or something. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, you're hearing it tonight, are the scariest team in the AFC. They are scarier than the Chiefs right now. I yeah. think uh, Andy Reid would like to have a word with you, man. I don't know about <laughs> all that. I, it's, it's recency bias, yes. But though, remember earlier in the season where we're like, I don't know if I trust the Bills. I don't know this. I don't know that. Well, they went 13-3, and three, and I don't think there's any lingering doubts that this team, at the very least, this team is not going away quietly, which is why I don't mind laying the points because they're just, they're just, they're just super powerful right now. See, so, see, I, I will contend that because, uh, you know, like I had just said, they cannot run the ball. So I think that that will affect them as they get deeper in the playoffs. I, I agree, though, this week it won't matter that much. Uh, yes, the Colts have a pretty good uh, – pass defense but at the same time I think that Josh Allen does so much he makes you uh, have to guard against so much and of course being home getting a nice little boost uh it's the January Orchard Park crowd yes that's right a crowd of almost 7,000 people uh lucky people and this is going to be a huge home field advantage which all year I've been kind of ignoring I think that this week is the one week that we're going to see the home field advantage really come into effect so I we got a quadruple like on the Bills minus six and a half here love it all right let's go to the next game uh, this one is in the NFC this time, and we're getting Rams at Seahawks. The Rams are getting three points, and this is the lowest total of the week at 42 and a half. 
Yeah, I'll actually jump in first. Um, you know me, I, I've been a Rams backer. And actually last week, uh, on the path to me winning the big bank, I had the Rams plus three and a half. It closed at minus one. I, I had said that John Walford is uh, a, not a nobody. And it's because of Sean McVay. And honestly, I'm going to start here and say Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I have them in my power rankings at plus three and a half when it comes to coaching. And that gets baked into the overall line. Um, DraftKings right now, you could still find a three and a half. Um, I saw earlier in the week it was four and a half with um, some Jared Goff things un undecided still up in the air. I actually can't even speak to that right now. But it's one of those things where the Seahawks always play tight games. Uh, I don't really have a lot of stats on it right now. But anything when it comes to the Seahawks above a field goal, I like to take the other team. Uh, the Seahawks actually just struggled with the 49ers who had nothing to play for. I think it's one of those things. The Seahawks are very flawed. They don't have a very good defense. It's all on Russell Wilson. And then at that point, Jalen Ramsey um, is literally DK Metcalf's father. Um, because DK Metcalf can't do anything <laughs> when Jalen Ramsey's covering him. So it's going to be all Tyler Lockett. I think this is, I think it's very rightfully so that it's the lowest total on the board. I think that it's going to be a low-scoring, ugly affair. I think that the Rams definitely by three and a half. I think that I love that hook. It's definitely necessary. I know on DraftKings it's minus 117, which means that they're shading in the direction of that line's going to move. I'm sure that there's threes out there. If you do like the Seahawks, if you disagree with your big bank champion, you can go ahead, take Seahawks minus three, but anything above three, I'm going to take the Rams. Yeah, I have, uh, I have Seahawks by three. I, I'm not touching it at three and a half. It's kind of a, uh, just a power rankings handicap for me. I just think the Seahawks are right around four points better or so. Um, I just, I like the experience in, uh, and Russell Wilson, and obviously the Rams have been to the Super Bowl, but word on the street is that Goff is going to be starting. Now, I don't know what the health is going to look like on that hand. Is he going to be able to grip the ball? Um, just what's what does that look like? You know, in, in a little colder temperature, maybe it's tougher to get loose. And in a low-scoring game, he can't really make any mistakes because it's, it's quite low-scoring. So I, I, I just really like the Seahawks at home. I think that they make it past the Rams. I don't think this number uh, is accurate. That That's – that's my take on this one. Joe, I am on team Joe here. Nice, um, in my, in my opinion, there's too much uncertainty with the quarterback situation. Uh, Jared, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If Jared Goff doesn't go, I, I don't disrespect the Rams defense. I just don't think that Wolford is capable mm -hmm. of beating the Seattle Seahawks. And I know Seattle defense isn't great. Uh, but, you know, even in the in the game he played against the Cardinals, I mean, he ran all over the place, looked OK. But you're talking about a, a playoff football game, uh, just the rising up to that occasion. And then let's say golf plays. Golf plays what, like literally everything you just said. We don't know what he's going to be able to do with the ball. And I don't think that the Rams are just going to be able to run it down Seattle's throats. I will say this. If you are a Rams backer, I think you can wait and get a better number. I truly believe that. I think joint, I think moving towards, especially if you think that Jared Goff won't play. If Jared Goff doesn't play, this game will end probably around Rams plus five. Five. See, that's the thing. I, he practiced and it was limited. So, like, if I was a Rams backer, I'd want a half unit now because I assume it's going to run once they officially announce Goff as the starter. Yeah. True. What's his face? McVay said, "I am purposely not announced." Like, literally, you can find the quote. He's right. like, "I am not going to announce a starter." I don't care. So don't even ask me any questions, reporters. And then we see Goff practice. Hey, Goff's going to play. I mean, let's let's yeah. not kid ourselves. You know, Goff is going to – he's going to have it wrapped up. If he does yeah, poor, so they're still going to leave him in. You know, so 
I, I not not that I disagree with that take, but I would split a unit just in case something weird happens. You have that unit in your back pocket as insurance. Yeah, I agree, and it's it's one of those things. The reason why I am backing the Rams too is uh. It, based on my metrics, I, I do break into offense, defense, and coaching, and I have Sean McVay as the highest coach on the board. I think that he is good. He would never um, put Jared Goff in situations where he can't, can't use his throwing hand. I think that it's going to be a lot of ding and dunks, which is great because Cooper Cup and uh, the running backs and tight ends are, are pretty good once you get them the ball. So I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a field goal game either way, and that's why I, you know, I, I hate to play pull, both sides. And You'd rather have, have the points. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather take the field goal on the hook. And then, you know, Zach, like you said, if it does close around four and a half, which is what it opened at, then I would love to buy back in as well. If it gets somehow below three, I would definitely back the Seahawks. So this is one I'm kind of on the fence here, um, but I definitely do like more than a field goal. John, what do you think about this one? This one's, this one's tough for me. Um, it's hard for me to choose a side. I think I do agree that Jared Goff's going to play. I was just checking while you guys were talking. He, he's officially questionable right, which gives us so much information. I just think that's a way of uh, McVeigh having an upper hand uh, and knowing that he's going to start Goff. And I guarantee if you ask Pete Carroll who they're game planning for, it's Jared Goff. So um, what I I look for on the surface is obviously when it comes to teams I'm unsure about, I look at playoff pedigree. You know, let's face it, the, the Rams were the last of these teams to actually make a Super Bowl appearance, but let's not forget that Russell Wilson and company had won a Super Bowl, went to another lost in dramatic fashion they've been a playoff team I don't know what the numbers are but I mean seemingly forever these guys have always at least made a splash in the playoffs so gut instinct says that the Seahawks will win the game and they'll cover um, but it will be absolutely close what what I was looking at was one of the totals uh, was the Rams uh, the Rams total line is 19 and a half and you figure two touchdowns two field goals from what I expect to be a healthy Goff in a game that might have to be not so much a shootout, but you're going to have to score points towards the end of the game to make a run and a game that could finish maybe like 21, 20 or 24, 23. I think the Rams could, uh, you know, could, could hit over 19 and a half. So if I had to give an official play on that, that would be my official one Rams team total over 19 and a half. I like that idea. I think this is just going to be, I unfortunately already have a ticket. But I wish I could take it back. I might just cash out and uh, and take the little tiny one percent hit or whatever it is. Because yeah, no harm in that. I I saw Whitworth is back also the mm-hmm. guard or sorry the tackle for the Rams. So I mean the Seahawks run these the Seahawks D altogether is just not good. It looks good the last like five or six games, but they didn't play anybody. So that's fake news. So I don't know, man. Bunch of different ways I could see this game yeah. going out. I think this like everyone is making is making good points. So I'm like I'm just sitting here with a ticket that I don't even like that much. So I'd rather just rather just watch it as a fan, root for root for an under. You know, that sounds weird, but I got, I got nothing else <laughs> I don't, on that. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I think this game is is such a toss up that I think for the uh, I think uh, officially we'll we're gonna have to leave this game to the listeners. I mean, you can go your big bank champ. You can go with me or Joe. You can go with John's total. Uh, there, honestly, I think that you should check the Slack channel uh, come mm-hmm. come Saturday because I guarantee you, what's going to happen is we're going to have a little panelist discussion on Friday once the props come out. Right, and, and the it's sounding like this game is going to is going to wind up being the we should tackle it via the props. Sure. Oh yeah, I do like the locket prop for sure. I think Dean touched on that a little bit. Metcalf is going to be guarded by Ramsey, and Ramsey's let up like 30 yards a game or something ridiculous yeah, like he's that. He's having an, another insane year. And this this could be a locket 150 yard 
game and, and, it, and it ends like 17-13, you know. So I, you can get really good odds in a low total player prop over. I think this is the time, man. I would pull the trigger on Lockett. And, and maybe maybe Akers. I don't, we could toss him around too. Me and Dean were talking about that in the morning with Whitworth back. I mean, that, how does that not help, you know? So, yeah, there's a couple couple ways we can get at this, but not nothing right now. We'll definitely get at it at the, the, yeah. the weekend and stuff. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. You got to pass. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the first primetime game. And look what they did. They put the Washington football team back in prime time against the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's. No, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are one of two teams that are giving points on the road. In this case, FanDuel has them at seven and a half, and the total is 44 and a half. Buccaneers at Washington. And as, as it stands right now, uh, we don't know if it's Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke that's going to be starting. Rivera has talked about potentially using a two QB system again, that could be throwing a little yeah. misdirection to Arians. Dean, I'd see you shaking your head. What, what do you got on this game? Yeah, I got a lot to say about this one. Uh, and it's one of those things too, where when you, when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Zach and John, you have been our resident bucks buyers. And for me, it just stinks too much of Madden mentality. They add a bunch of names and everyone goes, Oh, the bucks are going to win the Super Bowl." In my opinion, it's not actually fun fact. The bucks were 11 and five. And you know where their five losses came from? All playoff teams, including the Stinky Bears, who were eight and eight. One of their wins was against the Bucks. The Bucks are actually one and five against teams that are in the playoffs right now, including their one win over the Packers, where they were down 10 nothing at one point. So it's one of those things where I honestly see the Bucks as one of those teams that just beats up on bad teams. So I'm really looking to see what happens in this one. Uh, some fun facts about teams with a losing record making the wild card round. Uh, they're actually three and oh, teams with losing record. Uh, of course, won their wild card games is one of those things where they're getting disrespected. Uh, everyone's saying they're going to lose. They're going to get blown out. But actually one of those times that that happened, the seven, eight and one Carolina Panthers coached by Ron Rivera beat, the 13 and three Cardinals coached by Bruce Arians. So I think oh, this no. might be one of those things a little bit. Do you, of a, rem- uh, do you remember the situation though? Why they beat the 13 and three Cardinals? I, I remember it was kind of low scoring and it was like a Cam Newton was like a, is he good? Is he not good? And it was like an no. ugly game. That was the year that Carson Palmer got hurt. So oh, okay. Drew Stanton was the starting quarterback who played hmm. exactly how you imagine Drew Stanton, the backup quarterback would play. Yeah. Playing in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. That, that's actually a great tidbit there. But um, honestly, because of that, I think that Bruce Arians is going to have his guys a little bit laser focused uh, coming in. Uh, I've always said, you know, when it comes to a side, I really can't touch it. I know that there were some eight and a halfs um, available for Washington. I, I was saying even last week, because Tampa, in my opinion, is complete fake news. So I was saying whoever wins the NFC East, I'm going to back them against the Bucks. I think eight and a half is good, but right now trending at seven and a half, seven. I really don't like that as much. I do like the under. It's uh, 45 right now. The way to beat Tom Brady is pressure. Chase Young is a monster. I think that the Washington football team's defense is going to really affect Tom Brady and some of these long developing routes. Mike Evans is also a little bit questionable. Personally, I know that Joe does too. I think that's actually a plus to the Bucs because it allows uh, their actual talented players to get the ball. And sorry for the random scud Mike Evans missile right there, but I personally think that he's kind of a slow, fat, complaining baby. Anyway. Um, it's you just turned our podcast off right now, dude. You, just, <laughs> yeah, you lost yeah. Mike Evans. Yeah, he's done, dude, but honestly, right now, do we know if he's playing? He uh, was in practice. Uh, he'll, he'll be. I bet you he'll good. be in limited snap. He'll be yeah, 
He's tweaked, but I think that if you get the ball in Godwin or Antonio Brown's hands, it's a lot better for the team. But anyway, it's one of those things where when, when I'm looking at this, I really think this is going to be a sluggish game. I think that the Tom Brady is going to look his age. I think he's going to get hit early and often, which is the way to beat Tom Brady. Even when he was young, now that he's old, same thing. If you get to him before he gets the ball out. And another thing is a, a key thing that everyone just imagines that the Patriots offense went with Tom Brady. It isn't. that Byron Leftwich is still calling four five-step drops um, for Tom Brady. Uh, I think that Time in the pocket is not going to be there for him. I could really see the Bucks offense struggling. And then when you go to the other side of the coin with a backup quarterback and not an explosive offense, actually 32nd in DVOA passing per game. Um, I can't see the Washington football team moving the ball, really. Uh, the Bucks should just load the box. They might get a shutout if they do that. And uh, honestly, I think that all scripts lead to the under. I really can't imagine this game going over at all unless the Bucks decide to just kind of beat up on them if they could somehow – handle the pass rush. So I'm going to go under 45 for the game total there. I think that's my best play on this game. I, uh, I don't have a like in this. I do lean uh, to the Bucks covering just because kind of what you mentioned earlier, Dean, they beat up on bad teams. And I happen to have Washington as a, as a below average team still, you know, the only reason why they're in the playoffs is because they're in the NFC East. Obviously we, that's not really news to anyone. However, I, I didn't bet that because uh, I just lean it, but I do want to highlight something cool here. So, with Mike Evans out or in limited snaps, I really think that Gronk player props are going to take a nice little boost here. So I just looked it up before. Gronk to score a touchdown is plus 165. He's going to be way more active in the red zone because Mike Evans is Tom Brady's favorite red zone target. So when you lose your favorite red zone target, you go to something familiar. You know, Tom Brady did a really good job of making Chris Godwin a mediocre to bad wide receiver this year for no reason at all. And uh, I think that that's going to continue. I think with Evans out, I don't really know what the usage of good of uh, Godwin is going to be like. He was on the field when Evans was on the field. He was just, I don't know what, if he was drawing different kinds of coverages. I don't know if Brady just kind of trusted Mike Evans in certain tight window scenarios. But I like Gronk to score here. Plus 165 is awesome. I don't know if I would take a player prop over yardage or anything like that. But I think that's going to be one of my plays that I'll probably put uh, maybe a little closer to game time. We'll see if I can get a little more news on Evans because I don't want to pull that trigger. And then Evans is playing and I'm stuck with a ticket that I don't like. So I would lean Bucks. And I'll tell you this, this is going to be my last point on the Bucks here. I actually like them to, and I know it's going to sound mad mentality. I, I like them to win the NFC because after this, and I think that we can agree, even if the, if the Washington football team, even if they do cover, you know, it's a very, it's an above average chance that the Tampa Bay Bucks money line is a good bet. They're going to advance, right? They would go to Green Bay, uh, most likely. And I think that them and the Rams actually match up really well against the Packers. Packers losing Bakhtiari, I think hurts. Um, the Bucks absolutely dominated the Packers early in the season. Of course, that was 10 plus weeks ago. But I think they can shut down Adams to an extent because they did in that game. It was his first game back. Um and I think that they can just kind of run all over them because the Packers' weakness is that that run D. So if they can get past the Packers, we could look at a Bucks saints nfc championship and we can get one last shot at the Saints. And I say we as if I'm a Bucks backer. I'm, I'm actually a Saints <laughs> backer. <laughs> but I, I really do – like the AFC I think is a pretty clear picture. But the NFC I think is kind of wide open. Packers have flaws. Saints have some flaws. They have, I think they have less flaws than the Packers in my opinion. But I think the Bucks are just as flawed as everyone else. I think this yeah. is a kind of a coin flip thing here. I, I don't know what the odds are. 
if you guys I, have it in front of you for NFC Championship, but I'd love to know that, man. I, I think I, I'm going to put something on that. I will say, I, I'm in my opinion, the NFC, I, it's a question of who are the Packers going to be facing. I don't see the Packers losing next week, regardless of, of who they play. Um, at home, especially in the cold weather, is Lambeau such a home field advantage, regardless of their fans or not? Um, but regardless, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks, me and John's NFC darling team. And uh, some steaks now. Yeah, we're yeah. doing these guys some steak dinners now. <laughs> um, with that being said, listen, I know the Bucks didn't have the hardest schedule the last four games of the year, but what we did see is that offense finally starting to click. Brady finally starting to get comfortable in that offense. The run game, hell, Brady made even Leonard Fournette look good in weeks 14, 15, even 16. Him. Yeah, even yeah. Leonard Fournette. Get Atlanta twice. Yes. I'm so impressed. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that, come that, on. That, that's the whole thing that I'm saying, honestly, guys. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't I didn't want to jump in at all, but I, I you know, I, I laid it out. They're one in five against teams in the playoffs. Joe, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go ahead and bury your take. I, I would love to see you know what happens, but I personally would be staying off of that just mainly because you know them beating up their division and getting blown out by the good team in the division. Uh, to me, that doesn't wow me at all. I, you you don't have any no credence into Tom Brady's playoff experience. Um, I I do to a degree, but at the same time, he's 43. And this is going to be – let's just say they make another deep playoff run. It's really like he – how long has he been in the league? 21 years or so? But with all the playoff experience, he's really played like 26 years, you know, because of all those extra games and stuff. I don't know. I think a lot, a lot of tread on those tires. I think it's one of those things. Yes, Brady's experience, but the, the defense and the other skill positions are not very experienced. So, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be one of those things. It's going to be a, a fun little toss-up there. But yeah, I so personally I would not back that. So getting back to this game, listen, the line was up to eight and a half. It's now back to seven and a half. I have a ticket out on it. I took on Sunday. I took it at seven. I like it at seven, seven and a half. I would buy the hook still lay the extra. Once you get up to eight, eight and a half, you lost me. That's what it comes down to, because at the end of the day, Washington does have a good defense. Uh, I would also look at Washington team total under John. Were you able to pull that up for us? Yeah, I could do uh, that. What exactly um, that is, um, because, man, the Washington football team's offense is a problem, and I don't care whether Alex Smith is starting, Heineke's starting, Gibson's still banged up, Terry McLaurin, don't forget, their two best offensive weapons are still banged up. Gibson's still dealing with the food. 17 injury. and a half, Zach. And Terry McLaurin. Actually, I fucking love that. That's my official play. <laughs> if you can't get that at seven, take Washington team total under 17 and a half. Because honestly, in my in my opinion, I think that if Washington puts up 21, right, there's two scenarios. They fucking are going to win outright. Or they're getting blown out and they're scoring in garbage time. I think that's the only scenario in which they're able to get even 20 points. Yeah, I think I think what what I'm hearing right now is that we have uh, we have some unders on the board. I have the full game total under. We have a team total under, and you know you know what they say: it takes two to tango. Joe has the Bucks covering. Uh, John, I presume you also have the Bucks covering. I, this one again, it's it's the number I don't like. I don't like seven and a half. Gut says Bucks will win this one, um, and and it's weird because I felt nervous taking the Bucks weeks ago against the Lions, and they absolutely destroyed them. And uh, part of me is like, 
Because that's the thing, right? The Bucks aren't handling the good teams. But is Washington a good team? You know, they're a good defense. They have good coaching. And let's not rule out how passionate both Rivera, who battled cancer this year, and Alex Smith, who's obviously going through an emotional moment to make the playoffs. They're playing at home. Um, I don't know if there's anyone in attendance, but you know, the, again, if, if Rivera's coaching is anything, and especially since he beat Arians in the past, right, it's, it's tough. It's tough to rule out Washington. So um, I, I kind of like Zach's. I like a couple Washington props. I like the under of 17 and a half, that hook, man. I don't know where they got that number. I also like, I know Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin are a little banged up um, right now, but if you grab some player props on them, uh, I think I think you get some good value. Terry McLaurin, uh, number of receptions, I'd say over five and a half. Um, I was looking at his his stats from what was it like middle of October to now? He's only had like two games where he didn't eclipse that number. So if you think that Washington's going to be in a shootout, no matter who their quarterback is, you're looking at receptions. Terry McLaurin is their go-to guy in offense. I also really like Antonio Gibson. Longest rush of the night over 13 and a half. Um, all you're really waiting for is for him to break off a big run. And he, again, he's, he's banged up. I know they're sprinkling in JD McKissick, but for a team that it, it sounds kind of weird since I just handicapped Terry McLaurin, but they probably want to play keep away from Tom Brady. They're going to want to run the ball a lot. And I know the Buccaneers defensive front is stout, but again, we're just looking for, we're just looking for a good clean block. Antonio Gibson has wheels. He crashes the hole, gains a first down, and literally four more yards after that, and you have a winner on that one too. And that's actually Antonio Gibson over 13 and a half yards plus 108, so you're getting plus odds. So I like the Washington team total under, and then Antonio Gibson's uh, prop the most. And maybe if you want to do Terry McLaurin, you're a McLaurin fan, scary Terry over five and a half receptions. Fun, fun stuff. And of course, at the time of recording, we don't have the props handy right now. So you're definitely going to want to reach out to us on Twitter at WinningTXPod and then also uh, be sure to stay tuned to the Slack. But guys, we yeah. spent a lot props of time. Props are up, by the way. On, on FanDuel, they're up. That's where I'm getting my numbers. Awesome. So so definitely going to want to hit that there. And then uh, yep. we'll also, we're, we're going to make everything as official as possible. But guys, yep. let's uh, let's move on because we've, we've kind of beat this one down. we got three more games yep. left. So uh, feed me more. Let's go. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> and, and Joe, the uh, Washington is plus 4,000 odds to win the NFC. They're actually tied with the bears in the NFC. And uh, they're all, both of them are the longest shot out of both conferences to win the respective. Wow. Conference. Oh, so listen, it's, yeah, I mean, it's big, they're, big they're definitely, they're, they're, yeah. they're, uh, they're losing. I mean, they're not going to win. I mean, it's, <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Let's but, go to uh, the AFC. Let's get, Oh, sorry, Joe. Do you want one more thing? No, 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 you're good. I was okay, going to cool. say four to one uh, for the bucks. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. To win the NFC. So I'm, I'm a fan of that one. Cool. Perfect. Um, all right. Sunday afternoon. Again, that's a slight on this one. I think this should have probably been the night game. You have two of probably the better teams in the AFC over the past couple of years, Baltimore Ravens at Tennessee Titans Ravens giving three points to the Titans. And that is your highest total of the week at 54 and a half. This one's a juicy one, guys. What do you got? If you guys will allow me to start, I think that this is one that um, I'm actually going to trust my my friends uh, for so that I could uh, kind of learn some plays. Uh, the way that I break it down is that the Ravens can't do the one thing that the Titans can't stop, 
which is throwing the ball downfield. Lamar Jackson, we've all said it a hundred times. He cannot throw. He's not a very good passer of the ball. And the Titans, uh, if you look in the Slack channel, I've taken the X receiver to go over on yards and catches every single time. They can't figure out how to, how to guard downfield. Last week, I had that game total over. I also had the Texans team total over because that was a matchup nightmare for the Titans. It's one of those things where I think if Lamar Jackson could actually throw the ball downfield and hit some guys, um, I think the Ravens should win this one in a blowout. But it's one of those things where last year, yeah, a little bit of a revenge game. The Titans made him look silly in an MVP year. I, I think it's one of those things where I can see this breaking either way. So I don't really have a strong lean. So I'm going to defer to everyone else. Yeah, the <laughs> Titans defense is awful. They're 31st yeah. in the NFL in pretty much everything. So it's going to be tough to to get a piece of them money line. I took a half unit on the Titans money line, but uh, I don't recommend that. I just want to do it because the Titans are home. And I have a personal grudge against Lamar Jackson. But uh, I did take the four and a half because it got all the way down to three in some spots. I think it's back up to three and a half now. Um, on all the ones that I've taken besides one, I've beat out the closing line value. And the one that I haven't is actually coming up. Uh, that's going to be the Steelers-Browns game, actually. But, yeah, yeah I, I, like, uh, I really like the Titans here, man. I mean, Dean, I think you, you kind of started and ended it with Lamar Jackson. Since when? So what on earth would make anyone believe that Lamar figured out how to throw? They This classic Ravens, they beat up on some of the worst teams in, that you've ever seen the past five weeks of the season. They run all over the stupid Cowboys. They'll hang 40 on the dumb Bengals. And everyone will be like, man, they're back. Lamar ran for a million yards. Did you see it, everybody? And like, mm -hmm. I don't care at all. This is going to be a high-scoring affair, and you need to pass in high-scoring affairs. And they cannot do that. So Tannehill and A.J. Brown are going to have their – their way with them. I really hope this is like a 45-40 game. Let's get weird with it. But I think the Titans really <laughs> – I think they cover, man. I don't think there's any way that they uh, – and I think the X factor is actually the Ravens' D. How are they going to be able to stop – so we understand that Lamar can stop himself, even if the Titans are awful on defense. We understand that the Titans can kind of score at will. And give the Ravens credit. They can score almost at will against anybody as long as it's a neutral game script and they're running the ball effectively early. What if they get down a score or two? You know, where's the Ravens D is going to have to stop the Titans once or twice early. I don't know if that's going to happen here. You got to like Titans plus four and a half. This is probably my favorite one. I love this one. Yeah, and if you'll allow me to, to kind of uh, double dip before our other panelists get a bite at it. Uh, Joe, you know, you, you're completely correct when it comes down to um, – I know that we said it earlier when it came to recency bias, and it's one of those things. If you look at the Ravens' final schedule, it was, uh, what, Dallas, um, the the Browns game, and then Cincinnati. Like, I'm not taking anything out of those games. Uh, you guys have heard me all year when uh, teams play, you know, a soft opponent. I don't I don't adjust anything on, on there. And it's one of those things where I feel like the market might have the Ravens really upgraded after beating up on these horrible teams Meanwhile, now they're playing a real team, granted, with no defense, but they're playing a real team now. So I'm very interested to see what uh, Zach and John think about this one. I am actually really surprised that both of you guys are backers of the Titans, uh, like as strong as you are. I, I think this game is a coin flip. I'm probably on my personal ledger leaning Ravens money line. Uh, take the spread out of it. I just feel like third time's a charm for Lamar Jackson. He's had two absolute heartbreakers in the playoffs. I mean, first one's heartbreaker. I mean, he just got absolutely manhandled by the Chargers, right? They didn't let him do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the Chiefs ran him out of town. So he's not even played in like a close playoff game. Excuse me, not the Chiefs, well, the, the Titans. Yeah. The Titans ran them out of town. Um, 
I, I just think that I, I know you, Dean, you don't give credence to the way they've been playing the last four or five weeks. They've been playing bad teams to me, even though they're playing bad teams, it gets the confidence up, gets the offense clicking. And who the hell are the Titans? The Titans defense, like Joe just said, it's the second worst defense in the league. So if they're not, they're going to be able to run the ball and they're going to be able to pass the ball. Uh, I, I really don't see the, I, for the Titans, I could definitely see the Titans covering, right? But I could also see them losing by more than a touchdown. Like to me, like I, I'm not crazy about the spread. So for me, I'd rather just take it out of the equation and go with the surefire thing. I think that the Ravens are going to win this game. I do not know by how much. Therefore, I'd rather lay the extra pennies and take a money line. So yeah, that's, for me, that's the way I'm going. I don't mm-hmm. want to mess with the spread in this game. If you're going to ask me straight up, technically, I guess Titans with four and a half would be the, with the better bet simply because I do think Titans can cover four and a half, but I think the Ravens are going to win the game. Yeah, the wrong the wrong team is favored here, and they're yeah. home. I mean, that's that's probably my biggest take, I, and I guess that's more personal opinion. I can't mm-hmm. I can't prove that. I can point to the Ravens' last five games and their scores and all that, and I can get actual evidence as to why they beat up on bad teams, and we can all agree on that. But I think the thing that put it over the edge for me is I like to do this sometimes if I take a home dog. The reason why I don't want the Ravens is if it was a Ravens home game, the books are saying they get three points for a home field advantage. That would make the Ravens minus nine and a half. And when it opened, it would have been Ravens, quick math, ten and a half. And that would have been an absolute joke. If it was Ravens by ten and a half at home, who, who, I mean, we would obviously all take Titans. We'd be like, okay, Titans are at least going to keep this close. So the fact that Titans are home, I I want that all day, man. We would call every capper that we know to make that, uh, you know, septuple-like but no, that yeah. was just, to, just to clarify, I'm not a Titans backer. This is my official pass. It was just one of those things that I said mm-hmm. that I could see this uh, breaking either one or two ways. The uh, one thing I, that I could see is I can't see this really being a field goal game. I think it's going to be a blowout. One of two game scripts will happen. It's either Lamar Jackson will be able to fight his demons and will go, yeah, the Titans defense sucks, or the Titans will come out and, can, and take care of business. So I, I can't really see this being like a very close game. So I would lean Titans with the points just because, you know, it's one of those things where if it is, if I'm dead wrong, then I would, I would like the points, but it's one of those things where I, I this is my official pass. And for someone who's passing the game, I've talked way too much about it. <laughs> if they, if do, they do win, sorry, one last thing before John gets in, if they do win, I think it's going to be on the back of like a, a Dobbins rushing attack or, or even a Lamar rushing attack. That's, that's probably a, a player. Probably I know we've probably hit on player props for all of these. That's kind of one that I like. I like a like a Dobbins AJ Brown combo. I guess. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, the the spread's really tough for me as well. I do. This is the problem with the Titans. I don't trust them. I know they won eleven games, but and I know last week was a division game. But with with the Texans team that real that honestly has no one but the heart of Desha- heart and skill of Deshaun Watson and JJ Watts like halftime speeches. No business having to do a game-winning field goal in order to win that. You know what I mean? Like, like it shouldn't. That, have that was to... like a legitimate prayer, might we add? Yeah, right. So, like, it's it's tough for me to trust the Titans' um, defense. Uh, and and on the Ravens' side, yeah, Lamar Jackson's got some ghosts to shake in the playoffs. I actually was just looking up something uh, about the playoff history between these two teams. So they've had four games together. The home team has never won. So, um, you know, perhaps this is the year that things change. Uh, again, it's a little, it's a little bit of a misnomer. 
Um, but what I, I, what I would take is skewing the spread is actually the Titans team total on FanDuel is 26. I would hammer that over because the last time they didn't score 26 points, guys, November 12th. It's been a long, uh, against long time. who though? Against who? I will read you the teams. Well, was it was it a good defense? Because that's what I'm saying. Oh. I think that that the maybe this uh, this Ravens defense. Um, it was against rival Colts, who who is a good defense, but also, yeah. also a division game. Definitely. So so you know there's there's a chance they they also couldn't score over 26 against the Steelers, um, mm. but but every everyone else they took care of business. And one of those games. Uh, they've they've only they went four games without scoring twenty six points. With one of those being against the Broncos in Week One, which which you know you could throw throw out those games. So um, I, I like this team total. I I don't think the Ravens defense is as good as advertised. Part of me wanted to take the over on the entire game, but because I know I, I don't know some, something about it. The, and for some reason, you know the the Titans defense winds up clamping up because Rabel coaches them up. I don't want to seem like an, like an idiot wait, waiting for 55 points when maybe I'm only getting, maybe the end of the game is only about 51 or 52. So, um, you know, I'll root for the Titans to, um, I know these are both rushing teams as well, but I think the Titans have way more big play potential. A lot of offensive playmakers on there. I, you're, you're asking essentially at least three touchdowns. And this is a team that has scored consistently more than that for months now for months so that's yeah that's the best way to get at it john great point if the ravens go down early i'm not even saying they play bad if they don't even get the ball first how does that affect game script you know so you can always count on the titans putting up points because of their quick strike ability with aj brown so you're never going to get game scripted out of that bet you're never going to be sitting there with the in like the third quarter worried you know because they can run and they can pass both explosively exactly you got to like that batman exactly i like the idea Thank you. I, I like taking overs on team totals um, when you know they're going to have to play catch up, which I think is going to have to happen because I, 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 something tells me the Ravens, this might be their best game of the season. Um, and we'll see if I sound like a moron, you know, a couple of days <laughs> from now. But I have a feeling they're going to ball John Harbaugh. You know, he, he understands the time is now with Lamar. So let's go back to the NFC. So we got two more games left, guys. Um, and I forgot to mention the Ravens. That was the second game where the home, the away team was giving points. Now we're going back to back to size here. This is the largest spread of Super Wild Card Weekend on FanDuel. We have the Bears at the Saints, airing on Nickelodeon. Uh, the Bears, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the Bears getting nine and a half points. Uh, the total on this game is forty-seven and a half. Um, if you allow me to start, uh, I have some facts about double-digit dogs on Wild Card Weekend. And actually, surprisingly, they are 1-5 in five against the spread since 2015. Um, very funny. Last year, a lot of people think, no, wait, the Vikings upset the Saints in New Orleans. Um, that was an 8.5-point spread, and that was a win for the, outright for the Vikings. So double-digit dogs have not done very well against the spread even with covering, I think it's one of those things where the saints with given respect that they did get upset at home last year. Um, I am going to pass the total and sorry to sound like a weenie, but I'm actually going to pass this game second in a row. And I'm actually not going to say anything else. I am passing this game. Uh, <laughs> 10 is too much. And uh, I don't, I don't have any strong feelings about either side. Well, you heard it earlier. I got saints bucks, NFC championship game. So obviously I expect the saints to produce here. 
the NFC is awful, guys. The Bears and the Washington team, are they are not playoff teams. They do not belong here. And now the Saints, no one has even seen them at full strength yet. You know, I assume Michael Thomas is going to be at least in playing shape. So I don't know if he's going to be 100%, but him at 90% is better than just about everybody at max strength. Drew Brees, uh, he's trying to go out like Ray Lewis did with like that nice swan song or whatever you call it, where, you know, he, he goes for a nice deep run of the playoffs, retires, has a nice cushy commentary job. I mean, you're just going to get the nostalgic energy. You're going to get the max effort from the Saints, way more talented all across the board. They stopped the run. Uh, Montgomery is the only bright light on the Bears. Uh, Trubisky is poo-poo, as we know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just – they're better in every category. They're better motivated. This is a better spot for them. They got everybody coming back. I mean, I, I could lay two touchdowns here. I, I've already taken this at nine when it opened. I've seen it get up to ten and a half. I, I like this all day, man. That's, that's what I got here. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Joe. Um, because it's this is one of those games. There's there's always games that you overthink and you say, well, the Bears score a lot of points. They're you know, Mitchell Trubisky starting to lead them on the right track. Matt Nagy might have found a groove again. No, you know what? No, the Saints are one of the best teams in the NFC. It's kind of like Bills and Colts, where it's just like let's just look at the the talent of these teams, the coaching of these teams. Saints, of course, have tremendous playoff pedigree. They've also been bounced the past couple of uh, you know past couple of years by a uh, certain NFC North team who is no longer there. Uh, but now a new NFC North team is going to try to do it. I, I I'm not going to get fooled into this. The total is a li- uh, I'm sorry, the spread is a little high. A little high for my liking, but if the Saints take care of business like I expect them to, yeah, right, Joe. It's probably going to be a double-digit loss. The Bears, you know, will be a passing team. And, uh, you know, the, the Saints move on to the divisional round as as they should because they, this number two seed should have had a bye week to begin with. So this this game is almost just a little bit of a preparation um, for, for the matches to come. I do like uh, also David Montgomery, anytime touchdown score, plus 115. He's the Bears' best offensive player uh, at the moment. I mean, he's he's balling. He's probably the only guy that's that's well earned, you know, a long contract with this team, no matter the direction that they go in. So, uh, yeah, all the way in David Montgomery. You might as well take uh, him first touchdown because they might only score one. So <laughs> there if there's go. only going to be one, who cares, right? <laughs> now, I'm I'm. I mean, I, one last point here, Zach, and then you can chime in. I like taking the Saints to get margin, and whenever I bet the Ravens, I like them to to get margin. So I don't mind laying bigger numbers with them because their version of icing the game away is to little dump offs to Kamara, um, you know, just all different kinds of runs and maybe Taysom Hill. Like that's that's how they score. And then yeah. when it's time for them to ice the game away, they keep doing that because that's a very safe way of playing. So when they go up two scores, it could turn into four scores with that defense like so quick. So. Yeah. I, the number doesn't scare me here at all. Like I said, I can get this all the way up to, to two touchdowns, and I could sound like an idiot Monday morning. But, uh, <laughs> hey, that's what I'm here for. I, if, if you're going to make fun of me, I don't hear you on your podcast. Take a stand. Be a man right. about it. It's so funny because I say that a lot. Like when, when, I, when I go, oh, yeah, I went like 0-2 today. Like people are like, oh, wow, that sucks. Like, wow, you should be embarrassed. I'm like, all right, well, where's your Slack channel? Like, right. yeah, fuck <laughs> off. Where, where's your documented every single pick that you right. give out to I'm over here breaking my ass with like seven hours of research. But, um, yeah, sorry. I just – I said I would stay off of this. Zach, what, what do you think? I know that you hate the Saints, so go ahead. <laughs> I hate the Saints and I love the Bears. Let's go. Say, you have probably bet the Bears. Do it. You bet the Bears more than anyone. And actually, fun fact: um, I would be remiss 
We didn't say off the top, but uh, Zach did win our super contest that we. Yeah, how yes. did we not talk about Congrats this? Congrats to you. Yes, yes. Thank so, you. So Zach I, I actually, came in second last year and first this year. So I am running the super contest, baby. It's yep. uh, fantastic. Honestly, shout out to John for not submitting his first two weeks of picks because he should be the yeah. super contest champion and it shouldn't even be close. John came to third. If he <laughs> literally went, if he had like three wins, I think. In the first two weeks, he'd be the champ, right? What you finish? I think you finished two behind me. I deleted the app when the Eagles lost. Okay. <laughs> so I did not. So, yeah. so I, I, at, at most, at most, he was three games behind me. So if he yeah, won but, three combined games in the yeah. first two weeks of the season, he would have been co-super contest champ. But enough but, bragging about me. The, 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 reason why I brought, the reason why I brought that up is because um, this year I was crunching the numbers, and I think out of the super contest, I had six losses. And all of them involved the Panthers. I had way more than six <laughs> losses. But every time I picked the Panthers the, or picked against the Panthers, they either covered or vice versa. But anyway, and I was true to that in week 17. But Zach is a huge Bears backer and a huge Saints hater. So what do you think about this one? I think I'm going to sit on my couch, put on my Jim <laughs> McMahon jersey and my big Bears hat <laughs> and uh, watch it without gambling. Um I want no part of this game because I have too much of a bias. And honestly, I joke like I I do like root for the Bears, but not like in a serious matter. I just like I, I don't know. I like the Bears. I don't know what else to say. My family makes fun of me for it too. Like what what is what is the appeal? I feel bad for Mitch Trubisky. David Montgomery's my boy. Um, uh, they're just a weird team, right? The points. The Saints should run away with this, uh, but I am a Drew Brees truther. And I seem to be the only one who thinks that he is washed up and that he does have not only a rib problem, but a shoulder problem. He cannot throw the ball downfield, but I don't think it's going to matter much in this game uh, unless Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks play to their, like, their very, very best full potential. Um, there's no way the Bears win this game. I will say there was a little, little tiny glimmer of what could be in that Bears-Packers game. And it was the first eight minutes where they had ball control, they ran it efficiently. It was three plays for first downs, took eight minutes off the clock and scored a touchdown. It was like, oh, this is how you beat a good team. Ball control. And then the Packers scored like four times in a row. Yeah, and then after that, it was over. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And it was like assault. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to watch the Nickelodeon feed with John. Uh, Oh, yeah. Watch some people get slimed. And probably take a couple of a uh, couple of props, but I, I I'm gonna just spectate this game. This is my my one of six games that I will not have money on. I will be voting for the Bears though, and uh, hoping Drew Brees's uh, you know career ends on uh, ends on Sunday because he's gonna retire. Yeah, very smart, very smart. That if you don't have a strong feeling, then definitely don't bet it. Um, I'm not gonna force a play there too, so I'm gonna pass that one. Like I had said. Who has more passing touchdowns, Mitchell Trubisky or Patchy the Pirate? We'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out on Sunday. Let's go to the very last game, Sunday night, prime time. Ew, they gave the fucking Bears Saints the 4 o'clock spot? Yeah. That feels right, though, for some reason. I don't know why that feels like the 4 o'clock. It's one that that you should eat dinner during and not feel bad about. Yeah, that should be the Saturday 1 o'clock game, but go ahead. Agreed. Um, this one's a familiar one because we just saw it last week. It's the Browns at the Steelers in prime time. Browns are getting five and a half points from Pittsburgh. That total is 47 and a half. I'm going to start real quick because I haven't passed on a game yet. 
and now I will. Uh, this, this game for me is replete with way too much uncertainty. The Browns lost Kevin Stefanski and other coaches. They might not be available for Sunday night. The Steelers didn't start. Uh, they started Mason Rudolph last week, who actually played surprisingly well. Um, but some other uh, starters sat. So now they're going to be putting those guys in. It's, this is just a mess. The number's weird. Five and a half. Where the fuck did that come from? So this is an official pass for me. I'm sure there's maybe some props and some other stuff I might take a look at. But in terms of spread, I have no idea who's going to win this game, especially since they played last week, especially since it's a division one. Uh, and, and, and the Browns, you know, the first time they've made the playoffs, they end their drought since 2002. Maybe they play, you know, maybe Baker Mayfield's a little too hot. He's a little too frisky, or maybe he's sharp as anything. I, I just, I, I don't know. So I'll listen to you guys on this. Yeah. Let me actually take a first crack at this one. And uh, it's one of those things where I want to say, uh, I'm going to have a Mia culpa to Mason Rudolph. I, it, John and Joe, I know that you guys would do your quarterback rankings. I know that you would do just the starting quarterbacks. I have a, a rankings uh, that actually goes up to like 60. And some guys on the list are not on a team right now. I had Mason Rudolph as low as low gets. And I'm not joking. I watched that entire game because obviously I had said I had them in the super contest. And Mason Rudolph made by my metrics seven throws that he should not have made based on what I, what I thought he was capable of. So actually, I'm going to give a, a big thumbs up and a big upgrade to Mason Rudolph. It, it's one of those things where now – if Roethlisberger retires, which it's looking like he should, um, mm-hmm. I would honestly give Mason Rudolph a good look at quarterback. Looks like he wasn't sitting on his on his hands all year. Looks like he was actually trying to get better, and he looked really good. And I think that I'm going to go in that spirit and say that the Browns' defense is actually pretty suspect. I know that that thrilling Sunday night game, or was it a Monday night game against the Ravens, where it was like 45 yeah, to 41. Monday night, yep. It's one of those things where everyone looked at that and they're like, oh, yeah, Lamar came out of the came out of the bagno and and threw a touchdown. Wow, really cool. Honestly, it's one of those things where the Browns defense just isn't that good. They have Miles Garrett and that's basically it. Um, it's one of those things I think that the Steelers could really exploit them right there. And James Conner was banged up towards the end of the year. Now he's back. Benny Snell sucks. We all know that. Also, the Steelers had a, an insane scheduling spot where they played three games in 12 days which is absolutely unthinkable. And that put a sour taste in everyone's mouth. They lost, what, two out of three during that. And they and then they ended up coming all the way back. They, they beat the Colts at home and they did what they had to in order to get into the playoffs. I think that I am going to back the Steelers here. Um, I'll lay the points. It, it cannot be understated. If the Browns can't, if the Browns play good without their head coach, then I don't know anything about football. It's one of those things. It's the playoffs. Head coaching matters. Who are they going to have calling the plays here? Who's going to who's going to do anything? Are they going to have Kevin Stefanski via walkie-talkie? I don't even understand what's going to end up happening. I think the Steelers are a much better program. They're well-coached. I think it, that's going to come into play. And then I have no problem laying anything under a touchdown. Yeah, I like the Steelers here as well, Dean. Uh, three things. I boiled this down to three things here. The, uh, the Browns printed out T-shirts that said playoff bound. They already have accomplished what they wanted to this season. They, they just exhaled, took a nice deep breath. They beat the Steelers. Yay, week 17, a bunch of, uh, you know, not motivated Steelers in week 17, and they only lost by two. So that's that's the first one for me. They're just happy to be here. That's never a team that I want to bet on. Uh, number two, the Browns' strength is running the ball, and a lot of that play action comes from that. The Steelers' D is fine with that. I mean, it's going to be – I'm not going to say that the Browns aren't going to rush at all, but it's going to be hard – to get Chubb running for a hundo. I mean, that 
that's not an easy task against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have their work cut out for him there, and you're going to need Baker to make some clutch throws, and he's not going to be able to do that. We've seen several years of him not being able to do that. Now, if they could run the ball and they could work in some play action, maybe that'll work. But like I said, I really doubt that they're going to be able to run the ball. So that's number two. And uh, number three here I think is the big one. The, uh, the Browns, their defensive metrics are way skewed because they played three bad weather games. It looks like they're like mm-hmm. a slightly below average defensive unit, but actually they are quite bad. If you take away those, they played the, uh, I think it was the Raiders in like 40 mile an hour wins. Take away those games where those three games went like wildly under and the Browns have an awful D. It's like Titans bad. So how are you going to guard Deontay? How are you going to guard Claypool? Uh, I know no one besides me thinks Juju is that guy. I'm not a Juju guy, but as your third, I'll take that. I mean, he's like a little Danny, Danny Amendola type guy. Just runs those little trash routes inside the five, and he's kind of physical. He's put on some weight. I'll, I'll take that three-wide receiver set, maybe even Ebron too. I'll take that uh, really against anybody. I mean, I really love the, uh, the fact that they're passing the ball a lot. Now, the Steelers are going to run into trouble later on in the AFC, but I like them to roll here pretty easy for those reasons. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you have a triple like here. Um, it's been a fun – Fun year for the Browns, but this, you know, the, the, the story, story ends here. You know, the fairy tale is over. Uh, you don't have a head coach. The team basically could have lost to the Mason Rudolph led Steelers um, and some other key defensive pieces not starting for the Steelers. Uh, maybe they did wake up against that game. You know, they beat the Colts. They finally at halftime were getting trounced and just decided, oh, yeah. Let's throw the ball deep. And then, boom, they started playing well again. Um, the Steelers are a – they're kind of unpredictable. You don't know which, which version of them you're going to get. Um, but let's let's be real here. We're talking about more or less the curse of the Cleveland Browns. So <laughs> I'd rather put my money with the Steelers and take my chances and, uh, you know, see if the Browns can prove me wrong. They do good on them, but I, I really don't see a scenario in which the Browns win this game without a head coach. That really is what it comes down to the most. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm here in triple agreement, John. What, what you want to put the nail on the Browns' coffin, or are you, are you going? Are you going to zag? I'm not going to zag. I'll, I'll nail it into. In fact, I think a lot of the games this week, and I'd have to look up wild card standings. I feel like mostly wild card weekend is chalk typically. Um, I, I, I can't trust the Browns with all their question marks. Don't forget they're two games removed from like a game where they didn't have receivers. Something is just up in that facility with COVID and who knows what else is going on behind the scenes. Again, their first time in the playoffs since 2002. I think that's a lot of pressure, unnecessary pressure with a playoff game already bringing enough, uh, that they're now going to have to fight through. And for the Steelers, in a way it's business as usual. Again, playoff pedigree, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, these guys have been here before. You know, I think this is this is the first we're seeing without the killer bees. Um, but they're, they're going to be more than ready to, uh, you know, to, again, to face, face an opponent that they have routinely beaten in the past. I'm very curious if and when uh, the Steelers play a team like the Chiefs or somebody uh, or the Bills next week. Um looking at those lines and, and diving in, I think deeper into those games. I still don't love taking a side on this one, but um, if I had to choose one, you guys have convinced me on the Steelers. So I'll be looking forward to that. 
This is going to be that, a fun weekend, man. I yeah, like all dude, of our plays. I'm, I'm I'm very excited. There's nothing that quite makes me happier than playoff football, uh, specifically wild card weekend because it's our last nice full slate of games. We yep. get six games to watch this weekend, and uh, I mean, football is basically the thing I love uh, almost as much as my wife. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I cannot. Love is real. I, I, love is real, and I'm yep. I'm. Starting to get that seasonal depression where after wild card weekend, yeah, I'm like, oh my god, it's almost uh, over. I, I know that I know that we went a little bit long today, but uh, I think the worst thing ever is like around like championship weekend when they start playing that uh see you in September commercial. No, yes. that one hurts, that hurts so much. But uh, guys, honestly, uh, a lot to look forward to, and honestly, even if we go 0 and 100 for the rest of the year, we had a great year. <laughs> yeah, we, we still are up. It's it's impossible for us to be losing, and we'll look to continue that streak in the offseason with some other sports, um, but we'll go over those on a different day. Until then, though, again, follow us on Slack. Um, we're posting on Instagram and Twitter about it. Our plays are there. Dean's giving out college basketball plays every day that are hitting. And we've made it easy for you to see which ones hit, which ones don't. Dean gives a paragraph for every team. Teams you've never heard of before. Dean's got a paragraph on them. You're not getting that anywhere else. You're really not. So please sign up for the Slack. Uh, and and we're going to post, I think, some of our best picks. We talked about a lot of stuff tonight. But we'll give you our best plays, I think, personally for the weekend. And uh, you can win some money. So, yeah, and alongside and lo- alongside of the college basketball channel too, the NFL. Joe had mentioned off the top that we usually do good in big game scenarios, and the NFL channel. Um, actually, we started Slack. I, Joe, I, I think that you would be able to tell us exactly, but I believe it was one year ago, if not to the day, but uh, definitely around this time, one year ago. So we have a year's worth of plays in our channel. You could always scroll up. And uh, when we started the NFL channel, I believe we were twenty-two and six. To start out, we really don't mess up the big games. We're really good at some of this stuff. And um, I want to go ahead and tease it. You should circle Super Bowl Sunday on your calendar, not only just for food and drink, but we do amazing for Super Bowl. We were, uh, what, 90% last year. Um, Actually, Joe, Mikey, and I went to a casino in Philadelphia just to place uh, physical bets. And then because of the pandemic, I was able to cash that in in August. It's one of those things that, you know, we try to get – we got a lot of – I would probably say that's my heavy – heaviest bet day of the year besides the first day of the NCAA tournament. So you definitely going to want to sign up now. You get a free month now. This is the dog days of the college basketball season and also uh, the NFL playoffs, which we really shine during. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. I'm so jacked up. I love it. (laughs) We, uh, listen, you're getting five W's. We wish you a winning wild card weekend. Coming up Saturday and Sunday. That's your alliteration for you. Until next time, we're the Winning Ticket Podcast. We're having-